Project Taryag, day 46, Mitzvah Resh Tzadik Gimel. That's the Mitzvah, Sakarban Shem Ishmael Yamim Vamalo. The carbon which is burned in the Mizbech has to be a minimum of eight days old. The Pasuk says, Vahaya Shivas Yamim Tachas Imoy, it should be seven days under its mother. From the eighth day on, it's acceptable as the carbon. And from this we understand that before the eighth day, one's not meant to bring it as a carbon. However, since the Torah doesn't word this with the negative, don't bring a carbon under eight days, rather it brings the positive from eight days, it may be brought. So the lav, the negative prohibition is just inferred. The halacha is that one's not allowed to bring a carbon less than eight days, but if one would, there would not be a penalty of Malchus. The reason for the mitzvah, the Chinuch says, is just like all the carbonus, it's meant to be something which for people uh, is going to draw their attention and feeding. And the animal less than eight days old is not considered fully developed, and therefore people wouldn't buy it or deal with it, and therefore it wouldn't be noticeable as a carbon either. This applies to animals. When it comes to birds, a bird which hasn't developed fully is also not yet not meant to be brought as a carbon and therefore therium which are too young before the feathers have turned yellow or nayana which are meant to be small birds which are too old are also possible for this reason similarly chazalim from this pasuk if the baby animal was born either through a caesarean or was extracted from the mother after the mother died in both of these cases it's not right to bring us a carbon. This mitzvah applies in the time of the Beis Amikdash to the male Kohenim who were meant to be doing the Avoida. And they warned not to sacrifice animals who are too young. The Rambam learns that this mitzvah applies to the owner who is the one who is going to dedicate this animals a carbon and therefore it applies to him not to be makri of a carbon, not to bring a carbon to be sacrificed which is under 8 years old. As we said before, even if a person's over on this, there's no malchus because the Torah learns it out of the mitzvah saseh. Mitzvah reish tzadidarit, and that is the iser shalai nishchot behemu v'nav yamechot, not to shecht the mother animal and the child animal on the same day. The Pasuk says, oitzeh v'espinoi, loi tishchotu v'yamechot. Was not allowed to shecht the mother and the child on the same day. The reason for the mitzvah, the chinuch gives two reasons. The first reason is because we understand that Kaddish Baruch Hu's applies to everything he creates, except there's a difference. When it comes to human beings, so Kaddish Baruch Hu's looks after each individual. When it comes to other creations, such as animals, Hashem's Hashkacha is on the species as a whole, not necessarily on each individual member or each individual animal. And if that's the case, we, Hashem instructs us not to destroy a species, and therefore even if we are allowed to shecht and kill and eat animals, but to kill animals in a way which will destroy the species of animal is forbidden to us, and therefore to kill the parent and child animals together, or for the same reason he brings the mitzvah not to chop down a tree which is still bearing fruit, is something which is destructive to the species, and therefore the Torah forbids that. Similarly, is a second reason, and that is, it's in order to be kaveh in us, a middah of chemla, of compassion. And to kill the mother and the child together 
is a certain act of cruelty, even for one's identical animals, and therefore the Kodesh Baruch forbids us from doing that, so that we shouldn't develop this trait of cruelty. The halacha Midaraisa applies to the mother animal and the child, but we learn it from the Pasuk, it says, of the one that the baby animal will be following. And therefore, it doesn't apply to the father animal. However, there is an opinion in the Gemara, the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, that holds that if we know who the father animal is, then the Issa would apply there as well, and it would be also to Sheikh the father animal and the child on the same day. It doesn't make a difference in which order one Sheikh them, if one Sheikh the mother before the child or the child before the mother, Either way around, it would be over in the Raisa. So too, if a person would shecht, let's say, the first generation animal, and then shecht, the, you can call it the grandchild, in other words, the child's child, so they haven't done any Isra yet, because they haven't shechted the mother and the child, it's, it's a grandchild, so to speak, and then one would shecht the animal in between. So then one would be over twice, one for shechting the child of the first mother, and the second for shechting the mother of the second child. Whether we get Malchus once or twice is also Machlekes in the Gemara. And uh, as a precaution for this mitzvah, Chazal instituted that therefore in a time when one person buys the mother animal from an animal dealer to shecht, and the second buys a child animal, so the one who bought first has the right to shecht that day. The second one will have to, will have to wait for a, a different day. And at those times when there would be a lot of, everyone would want to shecht at the same time, such as the Gemara gives four occasions of Erev Yantuf, when everyone would want to shecht, then if that's the case, the Moiche, the seller, would have to let the second buyer know that he had already shecht, he already sold either the mother or the child to be shechted that day. Those four occasions are Erev, the first day of Pesach, the Erev Shvus, Erev Rosh Hashanah, Erev the last day of Sukkot, and according to Rabbi Yisagdili, even Erev Yom Kippur, when the minute was to eat meat in Erev Yom Kippur. However, in a case where the buyer doesn't know, he doesn't have to be choshesh, he doesn't have to be concerned that perhaps the mother animal or baby animal shechted that day, he can rely on the fact that, if, that the suffix is, that the chazaka is, that it's not going to happen. This Isra applies to every time in place, both the men and the ladies, and if a person would shecht, the animal together with its mother or its child on the same day, you would be Chayav Malchus for going against the Mitzvah's Lotase. Mitzvah Reish Tzadi Hei, and that's a Mitzvah's Lotase, Shaloi Lashis Tovish Yishchadu B'Shem Shemaim. A person shouldn't do something which the Chasr Shalom could cause a Chil Hashem. The Pasuk says, V'loi Sechadu B'Shem Kochi. A person shouldn't Mechadu, minimize the honor due to Hashem. The Rambam breaks this mitzvah into three categories. The first category is a person who is threatened that he has to go against a certain mitzvah or he'll lose his life. And the intention of the persecutor is in order to make him transgress Hashem's mitzvah, Hashem's decree. And if that's the case, it would be a shashashmad, a time when Jews are being persecuted for keeping their religion, and a person would be given that decision in front of ten other other Jews to either transgress a mitzvah or he'll get killed. He would be mechuyif to give up his life, 
and not transgress the mitzvah and desecrate Hashem's name, Rabbi. The second example is when it refers to the three cardinal sins of Avedah Zorah, Gidu Arayis and Shekhas Tamim. And even if it wouldn't be in the circumstances of Shas Hashemad, the time when Klaishal was being persecuted, but nevertheless, if a person was threatened to transgress one of these Averis in an active way or to lose his life, he would be Mukhiyab to give up his life. And if he wouldn't do that, he would go, he would do the Avera to save himself, so he'd be over this Israel Hashem. And even though Bezdin can't punish him for that because he didn't do it out of his own free choice, he was forced. Nevertheless, his, his, the Apostle says, Hashem says he was going to take care of punishing somebody who was over on a desire, for example, in such circumstances. The second example of Chilal Hashem the Rambam brings is a person who is not forced to do an Avera. He does the Avera of his own free choice and not because he had any specific uh, yet Sahara to do it or any specific Taiva to do it. The point of doing the Avera was just to show that he, he wants to disobey Hashem or Chas Hashem to anger Hashem. And uh, if that's the case, it also creates a Chilal Hashem. The third category of Chilal Hashem is a person who is considered to be a great person whether in his spiritual standing or as a Talmud Chachem, and he acts a way which doesn't befit his status. And the result of that is, is people look askance at, because of that, at Tamil Chachamim, at Tzadikim, and therefore it lowers the prestige of the Torah of Hashem in their eyes. That's also a kind of Chilol Hashem. And therefore the Gemara gives examples of Amaraim, who said that they would never walk four hours without learning, without filling, or they would never not pay their debts exactly on time, so as not to create a Chilul Hashem for the way they'd be viewed by the outsiders. And the continuation of this mitzvah is mitzvah resh tzadivov, that's a positive mitzvah, and there is a mitzvah, the mitzvah is Kedosh Hashem. The mitzvah a person has to make a Kodesh Baruch Hu's name great, and the Baruch Hu says, B'Serich B'nei The way to fulfill this, again the first way, is if a person is threatened to die if he doesn't keep the Torah, either in a case where Klaish are being persecuted and it's in the audience of ten Jews, or when it comes to one of the three Averis of idolatry, immorality, or bloodshed, the Halach is a person has to give up his life, and that's a kiyum, a fulfillment of this mitzvah of Kedosh Hashem. Even though normally the Torah allows a person to save his life and not and not give up his life and rather do the Avera, uh, in these three Averis, the Torah insists that a person is mechuyav to give up his life. And even if it comes to Avedah Zara and it doesn't change his belief, he knows in his heart what the truth is. Nevertheless, since it looks from his actions like he's accepting a certain form of Avedah Zara, that's already enough not to create that impression that a person is mechuyav to give up his life. The reason for the mitzvah? Because the, person, the whole purpose of life is to serve Hashem. That's what Hashem created us here to do. And therefore, if a person doesn't do that, he's lost the whole object of what he's living for. In cases of other Averis, so we, we saw that if a person would be to give up, would put a challenge to give up his life or over the Avera in front of 10 Jews, and it would be a time of what we call a Shah Sashmad, for any mitzvah, a person would have to give up his life. However, in a case where it would be Batsina, which means no one else would know about it, and it would not be a Shah Sashmad, then a person would not have to give up his life 
unless it's involving one of these three Averis. When we say the Avera of Avedazara, we don't just mean worshipping idols, but we say any of Israel, any of the Surim the Torah connected to Avedazara, a person will also have to give up his life for. For example, the Gemara says, if a person is sick and the only way to heal him is using the leaves of a certain tree, and that tree happens to be a Nashera, which is a tree which is worshipped for Avedazara, it's also for him to heal himself using those leaves. Even though he's not worshipping Avodah Zarah, he's only making use of something which is used for Avodah Zarah, that would also be Asa. When it comes to murder, the Gemara says there's a logical reason why a person can't murder someone else to save himself, because either way around, someone's going to lose their life, and what proof does he have that it's his life is more valuable than the other person's, and therefore he can't kill someone else to save himself. As an, as an extension of this, the Gemara says, that even if the Goyim were surrounding a Jewish town and demanded them to hand over a certain amount of Jews or a certain Jew or else they would kill everybody, they would have to give up their lives and be willing that all of them should get killed rather than give up a specific Jew, unless there's somebody specific in mind that they want because he's done something wrong, in which case they're allowed to hand him over to the authorities or to the non-Jewish forces to protect the lives of everyone else in the city. When it comes to Gilead Arais, the Gemara learned it, that it's connected the Pasuk to Ritzicha, and therefore just like we see that murder, a person is mechuyov to give up his life and not commit murder, the same thing applies to Gilead Arais. The mechuyov to give up one's life is not to actively do an Avera. And therefore in a case where a person isn't actively doing the Avera, he's just being used for an Avera, so then he wouldn't have to give up his life to prevent that. Similarly, a person isn't mechuyav to give up his life to fulfill a mitzvah. On the contrary, a person is meant to not do a mitzvah and not give up his life. And even though the Chinuch points out, we find Midrashim about Tzadikim, who were killed or stoned or hanged for shaking lulav, for giving their child a bris. He writes that Mekra Adinus would be Osir. A person should rather not do a mitzvah and not get killed. However, he says, based on the circumstances of the time, it was the Shah Sashmad, they understood that, that that's what they were expected to do. As an extension to the Isser of Arias, the Gemara says that even if a person was sick to the extent that he felt the only way to heal himself would be to speak to a married woman, and not more than that, the Gemara writes he should rather die and not do that. That would already be, be breaching the Abizrael, the mitzvahs connected to the Arias. This mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem applies in every place and every time, both to men and to women. And if a person is over in this, and in Lama Kaddish Shem Shemayim, then it's been battled this as mitzvah say, as well as being over in the lotus previously of not to cause a Chidul Hashem. The severity of Chidul Hashem is in the category of its own. The Gemara says, even Tshuva, together with him, Kepa and Yisurim, not enough to mechaper on the aver of Chilul Hashem until the person dies, and that will eventually affect Kapara. Mitzvah Resh Tzadi Zayim, we now come to the mitzvahs regarding the various Yom Tovim. And this mitzvah is a mitzvah to make a Yom Tov of the first day of Pesach, and not to Melacha. The Pasuk says, B'yayim Arishon, it's talking about the first day of Pesach, Mikra Kodesh. And Mikra Kodesh means that we meant to call it as a day which is Kodesh, and therefore, because it's Kodesh, we're not meant to be doing Melacha, we're not meant to be doing any kind of labor which the Torah forbids on Yom Tov. 
However, the Torah makes an exception of Oichel Nefesh, of Melacha being done in the part of preparing food. The Apostle says clearly, A person is allowed to do those Melachas on Yom Tov regarding food preparation. And this is why it's different to Shabbos, where the Torah also forbids Melacha, but that forbids all Melachas, even, even those Melachas which are relevant to preparing food. The reason for the mitzvah is that with those times, those moedim that we have in the year is to remember the nisim which happened to Klai Yisrael at that time. And it gives us the opportunity to be mahalal, to praise Hashem and to thank Him for the nisim He did for us and to our ancestors at that time of the year. And if a person is going to be busy with his regular occupation, with physical labor, he won't be able to have the presence of mind to focus on the past of what Hashem did for Klai Yisrael and to appreciate that. This mitzvah applies in all time and any place, both the men and the ladies. And if a person is over in this and does melachas on the first day of Pesach, he's been battle this mitzvah saseh. And as we'll see, be, like every mitzvah saseh, there'll be malchus for doing so. Because besides for the mitzvah saseh we just spoke about, the next mitzvah mitzvah is the mitzvah loyta saseh. And that is not to do melech on the first day of Pesach. And the Apostle says, A person can't do any form of melech. And except for melechas which apply to food, which the Torah is already excluded, any other melech is already going to be forbidden under the category of what's also to do on Yom Tov. The Torah calls non-food preparation activities as melech work, just like it talks about avodas asada, a person who works in the field, whereas melachas involved in preparing food, that's not called avoida as much as it's called melachas of hana, melacha that a person wants to benefit from immediately, and that's what's mutzah on yom tov. And therefore, the first time the Torah brings the denim of yom tov in parashas boy, it spells out clearly that oichel nefesh is allowed, and other times the Torah brings the parasha of yom tov, it just summarizes and says any melecha savoida, melecha applying to physical work, which means that is to work in the fields, or work which isn't related to food preparation, that's what the Torah forbids. The reason for the mitzvah is the same as the previous one, and that is the importance of remembering the history of Klai Yisrael and the Nisim Hashem did to us, and did for us, and then we should have the opportunity to discuss it, to be grateful for it, to appreciate it, and when a person is not involved in his weekly activities, He's partly, he's able, he has the time to do that. Whereas if everybody would be doing their normal workday chores like, like normal, if that's the case, they wouldn't have the opportunity to focus on the Yom Tov. I'd say that Yom Tov is an opportunity for people to gather in the Basim Midrash and the Bata Knesias, and that way they can be taught Torah. Like the Gemara says, that Moshe was metakin for Klai Yisrael, to be Darish Hilchas Pesach for Pesach, Hilchas Aseris Bateris, that they should learn together the halachas applicable to each Yom Tov over the course of the Yom Tov. However, we see from the Gemara that even the din of Eichel Nefesh has exceptions, and that is not everything a person wants to do in order to, to prepare food is allowed. There are a number of conditions. First, it has to be melacha, which is normally done for the immediate preparation of food, not something which is normally done a long time ahead. And therefore, to be kaitzer, to harvest one's crops, would be something which is used in food production, but would be forbidden on Yom Tif because that's not something which is done for production of food right now, it's something which is done long term 
so to speak, for a whole harvest. Similarly, threshing is not something which is done on a one meal basis. A person threshes his whole crop. And therefore, even though these activities are arguably meant to be used to prepare food, they would be forbidden on Yom Tov. The preparation, Malach is mutter on Yom Tov, referred to kneading dough, baking, cooking, things which are done to be used right now. Similarly, as an addition to this, those activities which could be done before Yom Tov and wouldn't affect the quality or the taste or the freshness of the food in any way should be done before Yom Tov. The Gemara gives the example of grinding salt, that even though salt which wasn't ground needs to be turned into smaller, so to speak, crushed into smaller particles to be useful, if one crushes salt a few days ahead, nothing will change in the quality or the taste of the salt. And therefore one shouldn't grind salt in Yom Tov, even though it's made for food preparation, Whereas grinding other spices, where they lose their sharpness or their pungency by being stale, by being left open for too long, in that case, it's a necessary food preparation and one would be allowed to grind them as normal on Yom Tov itself. Similarly, the menachas which are allowed are the, those being used to prepare the food, not something which is not in, in, needed to prepare food. And therefore, to put out a fire would be also on Yom Tov because putting out a fire isn't preparing food. However, to put things on the coals to roast, to put meat, for example, on the coals to roast, even if the drippings from the meat will extinguish a little bit of the fire, that's mutter because the malachah is being done in the context of food preparation. The Gemara extends the heta of Oichel Nefesh to other bodily needs, not just eating, and therefore the Gemara says to wash one's feet, for example, was considered a universal sarich necessity, and therefore one would be allowed to warm water for that purpose on Yom Tov. However, when it comes to other forms of Hanah, it has to be something which is considered Hanah for everybody, which means everybody would want to do this. Something which is a subjective Hanah, that some people would want to do and not others. It's not Shavu the whole Nefesh. If that's the case, it would be forbidden on Yom Tov. And therefore the Gemara says to burn incense, for example, which is not something everybody would enjoy, would be Basar to do on Yom Tov. This is as where it's different to cooking because everybody wants to eat, even if the particular choice of food is different, the Hainah, which is eating, is universal. Similarly, the hatred to prepare food is only for other Jews or oneself, not for non-Jews, not for animals, and also not for the Beis HaMikdash. wouldn't fall into this category. It's a Zdaf which means food preparation for yourself. Also, a person is only allowed to prepare food to be eaten that day on Yom Tov, and a person can't prepare ahead for the following day, which is not Yom Tov, or even the second day of Yom Tov, because the mitzvah, the din of Eichel Nefesh, is only what's going to be eaten, or potentially eaten, by the person preparing the food, or by other Jews, that same day. Salach applies in every person's time, both to men and to ladies, and if a person is over in this and does Melach on Yom Tov, he's Chayav Malkus.